Plot twists. We're obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story where it takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, comedy and impressions lover. And I'm Fran, super fan of reality TV and rom-coms. And we're from now. And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favourite plot twists, both on and off screen. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems that you've never heard before. Contain spoilers. Obviously. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's me. What's going on? Oh, come on, you know, Tom. Oh, I do know what's going on. That was yeah, no, not bad. I like <laughs> You're it. You're welcome. I like it, yeah. For the listeners, at the beginning of the interview, that will make sense. It'll make a lot more sense than it does now. Yes. But our guest this week is Luke Evans, who you might know from Clash of the Titans. He played Apollo. He's been in Fast and Furious. He's been in the Hobbit trilogy. He's also been Gaston in Beauty and the Beast, the favorite, lovable rogue. I know he's meant to be a villain, but I just find him a little bit dreamy. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, and there's a slight rumour going round, perhaps, because at some point there's going to be a new double O agent in town. Yeah, I know. We had to add that question onto our list. A we, little we sneaky, sneaky Bond <laughs> question. Could we be about to see a Welsh Bond? I know, a little Maybe. covert mission of our own to find out. <laughs> but Luke Evans has been on our list for a while. Like, he rose to fame really, really quickly. And we know from watching the interviews that he's done previously that he really is an open book. So we were looking forward to hearing all about his journey. We really were. And the lad from Pontypool is in, of all places, South America in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where we started, right? Yeah. So let's get straight to it. It's Luke Evans on Plot Twist. Well, Luke, it's a pleasure to have you on. But before we go anywhere, it's been a big week. It's been a very big week. It must week. have been a big week for you. Do you know what we're referring to? I'm sure I should know what you're referring to, but I've complete, I know. We can give you a clue. We do, do we need to go easy on you? <gasps> <laughs> Pause. Luckily, I was awake at one minute past 12 in the UK because I'm in Colombia. <laughs> I think I was one of the first... 600 people to listen to it, which is quite a quite a thing when you think how many fans she has. Um, but uh, that tune is in my head. I've been singing it all day, playing it to everybody that will listen. We've, we've just been playing it. Yeah, we were literally we're just, just playing <laughs> it before we joined. I was like, oh, it's... we're going to ask about Adele's new music. Let's just have another listen to add to the 70-odd million that she's had the last couple of days. Yeah. It's her at her best. I mean, it's, it's just it's everything you want from Adele. I mean, and it's just... It's beautiful. And uh, the video, the, the whole story and the, it just this wonderful. It's emotional. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. That's everything she does, I love. So. I don't remember many recording artists releasing something like that. And then the next morning, I didn't stay up until 12.01, but the next morning <laughs> actually waking up to then check the song. I don't remember yeah, it's doing been that for many artists. highly anticipated. I was first thing in the morning, like, have to listen. I definitely am not the kind of person that does that kind of thing. But with Adele, she starved us for six years. I mean, you know, and I, I follow her and, you know, admire all the journeys that she's been on. And, and uh, so it was interesting. Was, I was just intrigued to know what, what it was going to sound like. And also, you know, it's not just the, it's not just the melody to Adele's music. It's, it's the words, it's the lyrics. It's like, it's, 
it's from her soul and she she's so honest and it's beautiful you feel like you, you you're seeing into her her life and her heart and that's why she's such a star she touches so many people in yeah. so many ways so well we thought you'd like that <laughs> good star you mentioned uh, Colombia. Um, you've been there for quite some time now filming. That must be a different experience. Yeah, I mean, it's this is a very long job for me. Um, ten episodes, you know, an hour each. We started in Atlanta in March. And we flew to Bogota on the, like, the 1st of June or something. So, yeah, it's been a long schlep. And Bogota, you know, is super high up. It's like eight and a half thousand feet or something above sea level. So, you know, you're really, really high up in the, in, in the mountains. And um, so you have to get through the altitude thing, first of all. I didn't have altitude sickness, yeah. but even like climbing some stairs is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally you're like, how am I out of breath? Why is my heart rate so high? But it's the altitude. It's a very strange thing to, uh, uh, when you don't really realize that it is the altitude, you think you've got something wrong with you. You, know, you can get to the doctors and get checked out. But no, it's, uh, so that's a strange thing when you're training. Like, But uh, the place itself is very beautiful and right next to the mountains and, when I have a day, I have a day off today, which is quite unusual. So you, 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 we're both lucky. We caught each other. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's a big, big place, and we've been traveling all over the country, um, from the jungle to the cities to comunas to the coasts to to very unusual places that I probably will be the only person I know that will ever have visited some of these places. <laughs> so. Was it quite a unique experience in a way, you know? And. I'm loving the role and loving the story. And it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, it's really intense. But, uh, yep, we're getting through it. We just hit episode seven, so we've broken the back of it. So, yeah. Getting there, getting there. Is it is it Cartagena that you've visited as well? That's got a bit of film. Cartagena. Cartagena. That's okay. the first time you've pulled us up on a pronunciation. Yeah, I did say to Tom, because we were looking obviously into your background and being Welsh, and ah. I did say there's going to be a few times I think we're probably going to be corrected <laughs> during mm. this interview. Well, you know, yeah. it's a very common mistake. Um, it's Cartagena. G is a in, in Spanish, so ah, Cartagena. Do you want to give that another go, Tom? I think we can move on. Do you want to give that fine. another go? it's fine, friend. Honestly. You'll leave that one, OK. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll come back <laughs> to it later. <laughs> OK, what about Ababagoid? I've got that. Ababagoid. But yes, you pronounce most of it right, but you put the wrong stress on the wrong part of the word. You were closer with that one. You were closer with that one. This is progress. This is progress. A for this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about Ababagoid? What do you want to know about Ababagoid? Well, no, it's just uh, that was another one that I was looking at. And I was like, okay, Google pronunciation here. I need to, uh, I need to work out how to say this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It's, quite, it's actually one of the easier words uh, to, 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 to yeah, learn. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like you've been getting well acquainted, though, with the wildlife out there. We saw a clip on your Instagram of that giant moth, Massive. which was nothing short of terrifying. Well, the moth, I mean, you, you, did you look a little further back? Did you see the big black scorpion that was uh, on set one night? No, I did see yeah. a tortoise, I think it was. I got distracted by that because I've got a bit yeah. of an obsession with tortoises, but I missed the scorpion. <laughs> yeah, we have two, I have two tortoises. So uh, right now I'm in my apartment in Bogota, which is the city, but... That video was taken in the house that I'm renting in in a place called, this is another one, Hiradot, which is uh, south of Bogota, eight, something like 8,000 feet lower and like tropical. So it's boiling hot, the temperature, humidity, mm -hmm. and this is where all the animals, most of the ones that you I've shown on your Instagram account come from. But the tortoises were actually resident tortoises in the house, which I aptly named nice. Shelly and Helmet. <laughs> 
They're very cute. That's yeah, very good. Full of character and very, very entertaining to watch, surprisingly. And they're not very slow either. They're, they're really engaging and they'll give you, they really stare at you. So, yeah, it's been, I, I mean, I love nature. I'm a big fan of animals in general. I, I mean, just, yes. Uh, and they, down there, you really do come across things you've never seen or you never will see anywhere else apart from being so close to the equator and, you know, things just grow. They don't stop. They don't think, okay, I'm big enough. They're just, ah, just keep on getting bigger, you know, and uh, try and rise to the top of the food chain. But, uh, and that's part of the experience, you know. It's just, I, I knew that going yeah. to Colombia mm -hmm. and seeing the places we were going to see down here was going to be unique, and, and it has been. As are the people, as are the culture, the food, the, the music, you know, it's all very different. But I, I love that. It's part of the brilliant parts of my job, which I hadn't really thought about when I started doing this for a living, was the amount of traveling and the amount of not just dipping into a place and spending a couple of days, but actually like setting up home, you know, like being there for six months, seven mm -hmm. months, you really get to know life and, 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 you know, say hello to people on the way to the gym this morning, you know, and there's a woman that makes this uh, repa de huevo, which is a beautiful arepa, like a pastry that they bake and put eggs and cheese and ham inside. Oh, creamy. You know, I... I we, she's she's lovely. Her name's Paula, and I see her every morning. We wave to each other, and sometimes I stop and have one, you know. But it's, it's, it's things like that. You don't do that on a holiday. You know, you never get around to doing that. You do all the nice bits and never get to see where the, how the real people live. But part of the experience of this is to really, you know, be around these people and around everything for such a long time. Mm, get a lot closer to the culture when you're <clears throat> there for a longer period of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've covered the big stuff. We've covered, you know, the love of Adele. We've covered the giant moth. But actually, there's a little sort of section that we like to do to get to know you a bit better. So our next question is, you touched on it there about sort of where your work has taken you, but also being someone who's well-travelled and growing up in the beautiful sort of Welsh countryside and coastline. From all the places that you visited, where most stands out for you? What's the most memorable? Oh, gosh. It's a very hard question. I mean, I, I try and find the best in everything, really. Wherever I go, I try and see and appreciate whatever it is. Um, but I think as an experience, I have to put New Zealand at the top of the list. For, for many reasons, you know, everybody knows New Zealand is a beautiful place, but I touched on it earlier when I say, you know, I spend, you spend a lot of time in a place when you're doing these jobs. And it was almost a year of my life in New Zealand. And it's like the highlands on steroids, you know, they're, their mountain range that cuts through the, the South Island is called the Remarkables for a very, very clear reason. You know, you, you look at them and they just, the road seems to just go into the, the, these, these mountains. You drive for like six hours and you're still not even anywhere closer to them, you know, and you can go skiing there, you can heli-hike, you can see glaciers. And the, the topping of it all is, is the people. They're just like, they're awesome. They're just... Kiwis are just such a nice race. <laughs> they're just so <laughs> lovely. They're very kind. They're very down to earth. They're very chilled. Their life is very outdoors and everyone's very active. And it was a perfect place to sit that world of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. You understand why, you know, it's, you only have to walk 10 minutes out of your house. I lived right next to this little cove of a few beaches and, you know, you'd see this most dramatic like skyline of, of mountains and trees and rocks and mountains and you just go wow you know this is this is all on their doorstep wherever you go in New Zealand it's just beautiful I hope I will go back at some point either as a 
as a tourist or, or to work. Um, have some very good memories and some good friends there as well, which I've st stayed in touch with almost. God, when, would we, when did we film that? I don't even know. Such a long time ago. Seven, eight years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's a very special place. Very special. I mean, then if you want to think about some of the most glamorous places I've ever worked, I mean, the, the <laughs> one that I will never, ever forget was um, Murder Mystery, which I did with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. And Adam Sandler is very famous for uh, always choosing very nice locations for his his notes. <laughs> yes. I think his, his, his main argument is that if he chooses somewhere really nice, then his wife and kids will come and they'll be happy because they'll have things to do and enjoy. <laughs> Good logic. So, uh, you know, it's a great thing. And so we, we shot firstly in Montreal, which was a phenomenal city itself. But then we moved to Italy and we were in um, Portofino. It was just magical. And then I spent a month in Lake Como during the summer period. Oh, wow. You know, and I, it was just like I was I was hiring boats and going on the lake every weekend and eating pasta every night. And I mean, Lake Como is a very beautiful place, you know, and the lake obviously is stunning. You can swim in it and sunbathe on the shores and go and look at the, the original Bellagio. And, you know, it's a lot of lovely things to see and do. So, and I didn't really work that much. I mean, it was like I had a lot of time <laughs> off. So I sort of uh, embraced that very, very much so as well. And uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a great experience. Very, very cool. Nice way to spend a few months. I can see it was difficult to pick one. Like there sounds like there's been a, so many incredible locations to choose yeah. from. That's the problem. I often forget how many places I've been. You know, I have a really bad um, habit of forgetting what year I shot something because, you know, you, you shoot it, then you wait a year and then it comes out. And then you, and I just forget, you know, I don't even, I thought I did Beauty and the Beast like three years ago. Probably it was five years ago. <laughs> My brain's just lost all concept of time. We said as well, it's quite difficult when you think of locations because some of them are beautiful to look at and they are memorable for that reason. But then other places are the experience that you've had whilst there and it's the feeling that the place brings. And often that's two quite, can be quite different yeah. locations. Yeah. Very, very different experiences, Yeah. 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 Well, our final question, and, and this was when I was caught up in a bit of a, a YouTube hole, um, is that you, I found quite a lot of you singing with some other famous faces. So there was sort of a video of you with James Corden and Usher. There was you and Hugh Jackman. Obviously on Ellen, you were singing Adele. Um, but if you had to pick one recording artist to sing with and, and release a song, who would you pick? Hang on, are we talking now or, or any era? So you can pick one from now and then you can have a wild card, okay. which can just oh. be anyone. Well, I guess you know the answer to the now one. I mean, it's like... <laughs> oh, it's going to be... We should have caveated no Adele, shouldn't we? Not even for what would come out of my mouth, but what just to be able to listen to her sing at me would be just, uh, just an absolute joy. <laughs> and uh, even just to meet the woman, I mean, I just find her just special she's just a special human being i should have caveated no adele they shouldn't we'll, we'll give you that one <laughs> you should <have. laughs> a that wild card fun. then so anyone who may no longer be with us or anyone else so i'm a big fan of bon Iver or bon Iver. weirdly i i saw them live in wellington in new zealand when i was there i remember aiden turner one night saying hey i've got a spare ticket to go see this band he was a fan of them i'd never heard of them and he's like come along and i was like okay i'll come I'll come along and from that day on, I was completely obsessed with them. And their album, Emma, basically was the soundtrack to my time in New Zealand. So I, whenever the music comes on the radio or on my iPhone, I'm there, I'm back in New Zealand. And it's a lovely thing. Music does that to you, doesn't it? It has a very really quick does. memory recall to something. I could 
literally landmark every song that, and every part of my life from, from songs. And Bon Iver is one of those. So, you know, another amazing voice and, uh, yeah, somebody else. From the past, Elvis, of course. I'd love to sing yeah. with Elvis. He was an amazing vocalist too, so... You know. No, that's a solid choice. Very solid. Let's let's talk about a plot twist, Luke. So you've obviously done many TV and film projects, of which there's been many plot twists, I'm sure, but often they happen in real life as well. What for you throughout your career or in your life would stand out as the perhaps the ultimate plot twist? Well, I think it was the the moment my life, my career went from theatre to film. I hadn't really thought about film. It was so far above my where I was in my career and uh, I just, you know, dreamt about it sometimes, but I never thought it would be a real thing. And I was doing a musical called Rent in the West End. It wasn't a great production of it, um, but you know, it, people, people liked it. And one night an agent came in to see it and I was playing Roger, one of the main characters. And um, I had a letter from this agent afterwards. And he was from a very big agency in, the, in, in London. I wasn't with a very big agency. And I, sort of that's probably why I was only in musical theatre and I couldn't branch out and do anything else. Anyway, he said to me that he thought that I could act and that uh, he would like to speak to me about maybe representing me. And so we spoke and I uh, went for breakfast for one morning in Soho in London. And uh, I was very excited because I could see an opportunity for me to maybe do television or, you know, maybe a film. But, you know, I wasn't going to think too big about it all. And then he mentioned that there was a play at the Donmar Warehouse that was casting right there in that, at that moment about two Welsh boys and their mothers, written by a very famous Welsh playwright, and it was a 25-year revival of this play. I thought, well, you know, I've never done a play, never done anything other than musical theatre, so I don't know whether this is... I have even a chance of getting it, but he said, well, just write a card and send it to the casting director, you know, what have you got to lose? And I thought, he's absolutely right. I've got nothing to lose. So I left the meeting and I went to a card shop and I picked up a card with a clock on it, like a ticking clock. Thought I'll just, you know, time is running out. <laughs> uh, I told them that I was a 27-year-old actor, 28 maybe, 27, I can't remember. Uh, I'm Welsh um, and I would love to meet you. I didn't even mention the play. I just thought that's enough. It's, it's quite obvious why I'm sending this message. And... And I put it into the, the, the box office. I said, could you please give this to Anne McNulty, the casting director? And the Donmar for, for me was this, you know, the, this very special place where productions of any kind were always so of such a high standard. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't think anything of it. And I thought, well, you know, send it. Seven days later, she calls me up and says, I'd like to meet you coming in. And I went in and we chatted. And then she said, well, I'll introduce you to the director. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, like not only am I in the Donmar warehouse right now, but <laughs> I'm going to meet the director for this play. I really hadn't thought it was going to go this far. Well, to cut a long story short, three weeks later, I got that role. Wow. And wow. that role changed my life. I was seen by a casting director who came to see the show. And one day I was told that CAA and WME, or William Morris at the time, were in the audience agents from, from Los Angeles, and uh, they both wanted to meet me for a meeting to talk about representation in America. <laughs> and I was thinking, what's going on? This is all from this card that I wrote and left with no, you know, no idea of whether it was going to go anywhere. And I signed with an agent, I signed with a manager, and within eight months, I was cast in Clash of the Titans. Apollo. And that year I did... 
five films and uh, I haven't stopped since. <laughs> so it's strange how, you know, just taking the bull by the horns and not thinking anything more of it, just thinking, well, why not? Why can't it be me? You know, what have, what have I to lose? No, nothing. I have nothing to lose. So, yeah, that was a plot twist I was not expecting. And I've been very grateful for every experience ever since because when you don't expect something and you... You, you go full out and go, I'm going to try, and then that's what happens. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good message to anybody, really, you know, like, don't leave it for somebody else to get you to the place you want to go. If there's anything that you can do yourself, do it, try it. You never know, you know, and here I am, 14 years later, you know, in Bogota. <laughs> <laughs> the persistence has paid off. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's funny because we, we, we mention it all the time, don't we, about these sort of sliding door moments, the mm. one-off moments like that, sending the letter like you did can suddenly change your whole path. Everything can change just based off one action. It's quite, quite extraordinary. Well, also, doesn't it give you a sort of a... For me, and I know a lot of people, I've, I've had lots of messages, because this story, people have heard it a few times before, but they, they're inspired by it, you know. They might be going through a hard moment as, as an actor. It's a very difficult business, you know. It's really difficult. It's unfair. It's ruthless. It, never, it doesn't have a, a, a straightforward trajectory. If you do this, you'll get this. If you do this, you'll get to the next. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. And, uh, you know, so I'm just one of those good stories which proves that sometimes it does. <laughs> You just, you know, just have to have some hope and some belief in yourself and just to go for it and you never know what happens. Do you think if it hadn't been that opportunity then, you would have still wanted to make that move out of musical theatre or do you think that someone kind of encouraging you pushed you into it? No, no, I was going to give up. I was, uh, I'd given myself till 30 and uh, I was going to give it up. I was going to give up acting. It wasn't something I wanted to carry on. I wasn't... I'm an only child. My dad got ill for when I was in uh, Avenue Q as an understudy. And he's a bricklayer. And, um, you know, it's just the three of us and um, a very humble family. And all of a sudden, my dad had to stop working. And I wasn't earning very much money. You know, you don't get a lot of money when you work in theatre in the, in the West End. It's, it's uh, really not very well balanced. Um, so I had made a decision that if I got to 30 and it really hasn't turned around for me, I mean, it was an understudy, you know, I was an understudy three years before I did my first movie, you know, um, that I was going to give it up. I mean, I loved what I did, but, but I was a, I'm, a, I'm a practical working class human being who knew that I had to look at my future and I was renting and I knew that I'd probably have to look after my parents at some point and it just didn't seem practical to keep carrying on if I wasn't going to be able to save any money, look after my folks look after myself. So, you know, and I've always been somebody, when I wasn't working, I'd do anything. I'd work in a, in a restaurant. I'd stand on the door of a club. I worked in a PR company. I was a mysterious shopper for, for this company. I, I'd go in and, you know, assess somebody's service in a, in a, in a shop. I, I'd do anything. I, was, I had a band. I'd sing on a, in a club on a Tuesday night. And I just thought, well, you know, something, I'll do something. I'll, I'll work out and try something else. And that's sort of what I made my decision I was going to do. So in a way, you know, it was just such a surprise for it to have happened, you know. And, and then I was like, oh, okay, now I can carry on doing what I love in a different medium, but it's still what I love. And, uh, yeah, so I feel very grateful for it. But I was willing to give it up at some point. Yeah. At what point did it hit you? Because obviously you do Clash of the Titans, you star as Apollo, but then suddenly 
you've got all these other big projects and and huge franchises, Fast and Furious, The Hobbit, all these sort of uh, things uh, coming your way. At what point did you take a step back and think, oh my goodness, this is this is really happening? And I did it yesterday, literally. <laughs> I did it yesterday. Uh, I was telling, I have an assistant who's one of my best friends who's travelled with me for seven years and. One of the best things I ever did was invite him to come work with me because, you know, this is somebody who can constantly remind me of where I've come from. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we can talk about where I am now. But remember, remember where you were 20 years ago? If you could have told that 20-year-old, like, you were going to be doing this for a living and being here. And it's a good thing to do in every, you know, and, and be grateful for everything. But, like, there are moments, you know, when you, you know... First AD is just about to shout action and I'm standing opposite Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson. I'm supposed to <laughs> beat, beat them up. You know what I mean? What the fuck is going on in my life? You know, you, uh, and, and the same experience. I remember that first scene I did with Ian McKellen, who obviously I'd met prior but hadn't seen him in the costume, you know, the famous hat and the beard and the, the grey, you know, cloak. And he turns around and looks at me under the brim of this hat and inside, I'm just screaming, just going, this is you. You're not seeing this. This is coming through your eyes. This is your experience right now. And those things, you know, they'll never leave me. And I don't want them to leave me because yeah. they are just moments that trigger just a sense of pride and achievement, and but gratitude as well as like, it could have been anyone, but it's you. No, I love that. Someone once said to me, you need to enjoy the moments as they happen and mm. like really like take stock and be present and enjoy it because you can spend all the time worrying about the future or reflecting on the past, but actually you miss the moment that you're in. So mm. I think it's a really important... We live in a world that goes so fast, yeah. right? Mm. We are constantly, you know, especially when you live in a city like London, you know, the pace mm. is, is, is so intense. It obviously scares me when I come home because often I'm not, I haven't come from a place that moves as quickly as, as London and... I don't leave the house for weeks because I have to really decompress and uh, assimilate to a, a, a different pace of life. But, you know, it is good. It's good to do and it's important to do. And, uh, you know, contentment is a, one of the hardest things to have in life, I find. And um, it's something that you, I, I try and to, to have, you know, on a daily basis. I fail regularly, just so you know. <laughs> but it's something I do try try and uh, attain at least once a week. <laughs> you touched upon there about some of the amazing experiences that you've had, like you say, moving from musical theatre into sort of more TV and film roles. Is there anything that you found challenging about that move that you potentially didn't anticipate? Like, what would you say kind of the hardest part of being an actor is? Well, moving from film to TV, I... Well, the biggest difference was the amount of time you, it takes to shoot a TV show, right? So a film, usually, on average, three, four months, maybe six if it's a big one. But, you know, you, you, you're sort of in and out. Four months, you could do for three a year. But with television, it's a very different experience, you know, of a certain level. And I've done th three very sort of big-sized productions and... This one, for example, started in March. I'm finishing in March. You know, it's been a year almost of my life. But I didn't see it as a... That was a challenge, knowing I was going to be away so much from the life I have back home. But the exciting part of that, which I still love, and, and is that, you know, you're with a character for 10 hours, you know, and that's a lot of, a lot of takes, a lot of time thinking about this person. And also you can start thinking about how 
they would interact with people, how they would think, what they do, physically what they do, you know, their habits. You know, in, a, in, an, in an hour and a half movie, you get to do that, but you don't get to do it in the depth of which I've, had, I've got to do, especially with this character Bambi that I'm playing right now. The complexity of him, I've, been able, I've had the time and the time on screen to really develop that. And that's a really, it's a really fun journey. It's a long and exhausting journey because you're in this, I'm in this guy's skin more than I'm in my own. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a lot, but um, as an actor, it's a really wonderful experience to, to have an identity for such a long time and, and to really, you know, tear this person apart, put him back together and, and do it on, on, on camera. You know, it's just extraordinary. Is it, is it quite a physically grueling role at this one at the moment? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I mean, physically, mentally, emotionally, it's, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. It, and, and some days, you know, it's, it's intense. It's intense. I'm playing a Delta Force special yes. operative, you know, commando, from, a decorated uh, soldier from the US Army. Great title. And then when you realize what that title re represents and when you meet the real guys that are these people in real life and the amount of discipline and training and mental, mm -hmm. you know, power that they, they have through their training, I realized this wasn't just about me turning up on set one day, on the first day and being ready. It was a lot of uh, work, a lot of work. And, you know, over, over a year of, of shooting this, you know, that work doesn't stop. Physically, he looks a certain way. He, he has to move in a certain way. So my training changed. My physicality changed. I have a lot of questions that I, I've, I get answered by these guys that are with us the whole time so we can speak to them about the authenticity of, of the character and how, how he would deal with this, how he would hold this gun. You know, many, many things that I'd never thought about. So it's been a real... Uh, real learning, like almost going back to school because, you know, you I want to do a good job. I want this guy to feel real. I want him to feel authentic. And I also want a Delta Force man or woman to sit and watch this and go, okay, yeah, that's good. He did yeah. that right, you know. Um, that Part of the job is, is, is that for me as well, you know. I want to do this character justice. I want to, I want to make sure that he feels as authentic as he, as he is on the page. And we, you know, we've, it's been written by a brilliant writer, Mark Ball, who, you know, whose work speaks for itself. Um, so there's a lot of training and a lot of physical stuff I've never done before, but I'm enjoying it. I, I throw myself into this stuff and I love doing stunt work. And you have to be in a certain physical state to be able to say, oh, I can do that 20 times. You know, you can't, mm -hmm. actors who don't do that get themselves in trouble after take three, you know, when they, <laughs> they sprain their ankle or they, you know, so there's a certain amount of, you know, preparation you got to do to be able to commit to this day and this stunt and this thing that I'm about to do, you know, and I've done a lot of really, really cool things so far in this job, which, like, I feel like a kid again, you know, <laughs> things I never thought I would do ever in my well, life. Like what? Like what? Oh, I can't, I can't tell you. I, I literally <laughs> giving it away, but like, just say, he's Delta Force. Next time you go on a YouTube rabbit hole, just put in Delta Force <laughs> and just see some of the things that they do and they get up to and you'll be like, okay, now I understand. Now I get it. I mean, you, you probably could tell that earlier we've, we've had a look at the Instagram and not to embarrass you because you, you seem a very uh, humble and honest man, but you, you look in great shape. I'm sort of proud of where I've got to. I mean, it's, 
it's uh, at 42. I'm not saying I'm old, but 42 is, you know, I'm not 22. So to get myself <laughs> into this place has been like, it's been a lot of work. I was doing, I was training for this when I was in Australia doing Nine Perfect Strangers. I was training oh, wow. with an ex-Marine there and then another a trainer in Sydney. Also then when I left, I had to train myself and I've been training myself this whole year to stay like this, but it's been like, yeah, I have moments when I'm just like, you know, Look at this! <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm really fucking proud of where I am. You know, and, and you absolutely should be. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Also, you know, so what's been really interesting is like there's been a lot of middle forty year old guys that have contacted me asking me, "How are you doing this? What's your what's your routine? What you know?" And it, I've been giving information, and you know, it's <laughs> and it is a routine. That's where it comes down to. But you know, it's been you know, I'm I'm inspired a few people and helped them get back on track after a very lazy COVID year, which has been very difficult for a lot of people, including some of my family who also go like, what are you doing? I was like, well, stop drinking alcohol for a start. That's yeah. the big one. <laughs> stop drinking seven pints of Stella on a Friday night. That might help you. Um, but, you know, it's... Um... No, you should be proud of yourself, absolutely. But the reason why I say it, because you look at it and you think, you know, maybe, that, I mean, could that be the figure of a 007, for could example? It? I mean, that, you know, <laughs> who knows? I mean, Who knows? Could be. You're on the short list. No, um, I, I've been on that yeah. list for many, many years. It's a very <laughs> listen. It's a it's a very funny thing, isn't it? What I love about the fact that you know when when Bond is being cast, it's one of the most secretive, mysterious, private processes in the industry. There's no rumors that everybody speculates, and William Hill is giving you know ten to one, eighteen to one, whatever. <laughs> But at the end of the day, nobody knows. And I love that about that process because it is a game-changing, life-changing, career-defining moment for any actor, male or female, that will take that role, who will be gifted that amazing role, you know? And that, that journey will go on for possibly 10 years, as, as uh, Daniel Craig's was, if they're lucky. It's also big shoes to fill. And I'm not saying anybody who takes it is going to not have a big job on their hands to prove themselves worthy of those three numbers. You know, it's a, it's a big job, but you know, it's, it, I feel honored to be even in that list and, and to be, you know, talked about and I just, you know, and then I, that's a moment when I go, my God, 14 years ago, I was like only 700 pounds at the Donmar warehouse, you know, struggling to pay my rent and people are talking about me to play Bond. Are you like, this is, it's a nice <laughs> thing. And if, if that's all it is, I've dined out on it. I've had a really fun time. My my grandfather was asking me this morning when I was FaceTiming, he's like, is this true? I'm like, no, it's not true. Nobody knows anything. But, you know, everybody's getting a little excited about the whole thing. And, and so it should be because this thing only comes up every decade or more, right? So, you know. It does, yeah. It's, uh, it's a nice often. thing. It's a nice thing. But who knows? Who knows? All I'm saying is I think we're ready for a Welsh bond at some point. That's yeah, I all think I'm we're saying. ready. They could I do way worse than a Welsh bond. That's all I'll say. Just to touch on that, you talked about obviously having a really intense work schedule and training for roles while you're on other jobs. What do you do to decompress? Because that all sounds very intense, both from a character perspective and a training perspective. What does your out-of-work you time look like? Well, right now, I don't have much downtime. Um, my, my, I have a weekend, usually. I like going out for dinner. I'm, I love good food. Love it. Love good wine. I like to experience, you know, stuff that only this country can give me, like the, the culture. And, and we, so very often when I've had a few days off, maybe three or four days, I, I'll fly to Cartagena, 
which is this beautiful place up on the north of the country and completely different vibe to where I am now. And it's just beautiful. And like you walk the streets and there's music playing and it's hot and every street you, corner you turn is like a postcard of, of color and vibrancy. And, you know, and I enjoy that and experience it and then come back and I've, I, I, I'm always, I spend most of my Sunday after I've spoken to you, I'm going to be spending the next three, four hours going through script for next week and, and consolidating everything that I, that I have to do. And that takes up some of my spare time. Training, as much as it's a, it's a mission sometimes, you know, it also is a release. Put the music mm -hmm. on, listen to Adele. <laughs> Get some endorphins going. That, that classic training number. Yeah. Adele, house mix, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and, and switch off for an hour. Um, I sleep like a bear. Like, I, I've, I'm very lucky to be able to do that. I can sleep on a chicken's lip. I mean, literally, I'm as... <laughs> I can... It's, I can sleep anywhere, anytime, with noise, light, I don't care. I, I can just sleep, and I can sleep very well. So I, on my days off, I have really good siestas, and uh, mm. they revive me, and then, you know, the Spanish have been doing it a long time, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> it um, works. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a good sleeper. I think that's <laughs> one of my pastimes. How boring is that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds idyllic. I wish I was that sleeper, to be honest. Um, so we've got another plot twist question for you, a slightly different oh. one this time. Is there somebody, a person in your life that's been a very unexpected influence, either someone you've worked with or your personal life that's changed the course or, or changed you and your outlook? Well, if it comes to my professional life, it goes back to this man called Duncan Millership, who sent me a letter when I was in rent. And he, he believed in me, and nobody before that professionally had really given me the chance or the platform to prove what I could do. And, um, I mean, when I, I get very emotional when I talk about Duncan, because he's still in my life. He's still part of my team, and he's now my manager. He's gone from my agent to being my manager, oh, wow. and he, he's moved to L.A., and he's married, and he has two beautiful children, and I'm part of his life, but I'm also... It's like, he doesn't really, I, he does, I've told him many times, but he changed my life, you know. And indirectly, he's changed so many other people's lives via the opportunity he gave to me and the platform he gave me to prove that I can do this work and I've proved that I can mm -hmm. and I'm still doing it and loving it. But it's changed, it's changed so much for me and my mum and dad and my family and my friends and my future, you know. If it wasn't for Duncan, I, I'd probably either be treading the boards or I'd be working somewhere doing something completely different, maybe singing on, at a karaoke bar on a Friday night just to get my singing out of the way. But, you know, <laughs> life is interesting. And some when people come into your life, they give you a chance or believe in you or give you some chance to prove yourself, to prove what you really are, are capable of. You have to be very grateful for that. And um, so, yeah. Thanks, no, Duncan. No. Love you. Thanks, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny you say that. We've, we've had quite a lot of guests who, when we talk about that plot twist person, has it's been the person that has pushed them to believe in themselves or step yeah. out of side of the box that they've created for themselves of that's not me, that I wouldn't usually do that. Or, you know, and someone has said, 
I believe in you and it's given that person the confidence to to push themselves. But I think I think you'd have got there anyway. But you know, I'm a belie- I'm a firm believer in everyone's got their destiny, and I think you'd have you'd have got there. But I enjoy it. we've been dunk in the shower. You know, I've got a friend that said I knew you were always going to do it, but I I, I didn't. I, I'm not that I don't have faith in myself. I'm I'm, I'm very ambitious, and I'm I, I'm not scared of anything. I'll try anything. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll learn something I've never done before. I'm not scared of anything. But what's happened to me was never. It just felt so un, unreachable, and I hadn't really let let myself think about it at all, you know. Mm. But you know, like you said, who knows? Maybe it was meant to be. But I'm I'm glad it did happen, <laughs> and I'm glad I'm still doing it. And you know, it's, it's a it's a lovely thing. Just before we uh, wrap up, Luke, and also leave you to your scripts for the next few hours, um, we've spoken a lot about the past and, and and even the present. But what about the future for you? Obviously, you've got to this stage now. You've released. Uh, you know, an album as well. You've <laughs> been able to utilize that passion to, to another level. What's what are your hopes for the future? Um, well, I mean, work-wise, I, I'm super busy. Uh, I've now started to produce a lot of what I do, just to have more of a voice when it comes to development of the story and the character and the cast and, and all of that stuff. And that's been really enjoyable and I've got to a place where I'm, I can do that now and that's a very nice thing. And so everything I'm doing in the future will always have me as a producer, which means I can be involved much more from the inception. Um, so that's really fun. And obviously next year I, I fly back from this job and then I go straight into rehearsals for the Disney Plus series I'm, I'm starring and producing in with Josh Gad where we revive these characters of Gaston and LeFou, along with many other wonderfully brilliant that characters. That, yeah, that such a bromance. Disney that was romance. another... Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it's an origin story, so that's also very interesting because it's not about where they are when you meet them in the film, but it's who they were before that experience and before that moment. And so we're having a lot of fun building this world and these plot twists and character storylines, and, and that's, that will take up most of my year next year which is fun. We're also shooting in the United Kingdom. So for me, that's a joy because I've not seen, partly because of COVID and partly because of work, I haven't seen the people I love and, and the people that have been in my life my whole this whole time and that's friends and family. So I'll be able to see a lot more of them in the future. I would like to think that at some point I can enjoy uh, this house that I built in Ibiza, which took me five years. And I think I spent three weeks in it. <laughs> so, you know, that would be nice if I could balance a little work with a little more fun. But I embrace three days, three weeks, three months. I mean, three months would be a dream, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But keeping a balance in life is also really important. You know, you've got, you love what you do for a living, but you also need to find time to just be yourself and be at home and do the normal things. And the normal things are so exciting to me. I, I, I miss, you know miss my house and I miss my friends and my family and my granddad now is I only have one grandparent left at 42 that's not bad I've still got a granddad and he's getting older and I want to spend more time with him and but you know it's we're all happy we're all healthy and the future is is looks it looks exciting you know it's it looks like it's going to be a fun busy few years ahead of me but um I'm excited about it and you know and if I can share my experiences with with my loved ones that's also a joy because it can be quite lonely when you're away for so long so yeah i can imagine covid and flight regulations haven't helped allowing my family and friends to come and visit me this time so you know that's been a bit difficult but 
it's all temporary. It's only now. It's just now. <laughs> just now. Well, health and time <laughs> with the loved ones is the most important thing. And if we ever, you know, if we all want to get together in Ibiza and have a little yeah, bit of a party. Yeah, we've got... You're welcome. Yeah, we've got some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, 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 I'll give you a good price. I'll give you, I'll give you a discount, <laughs> friend, friends and family discount. <laughs> oh, lovely. How exciting. Uh, well, look, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much on your day off as well for chatting to us. It's been great to, to catch up and hear everything that's uh, it's going so well for you. And long may it continue. Thank you so much. It's lovely to chat to you. It was really interesting. A massive thank you to Luke Evans. What a great interview that was. And an even bigger thank you to Luke Evans because we're going to Ibiza next Party. summer. <laughs> and if that falls through, don't you have a bit of a history with Ibiza, Tom? I certainly do. I certainly do. I was a bodyguard. Bodyguard there. there. Tap up yeah. some old connections if uh, Luke Evans fails. But you know, I'm holding out hope. They're still there. We can do it. <laughs> it's achievable. I feel like we covered a lot of ground with Luke there. You know, we opened with Adele. We had all of the plot twists in the middle, but I think what's really struck me about him is his work ethic because he was talking about nearly giving up. I mean, we've had this a few times, haven't we, that literally there are maybe days, weeks away from giving up and actually moving on to, because he was, what, 30 at the time? Mm. Moved on to a different career. And then he puts in that letter and suddenly everything transcends. He obviously has been in theatre for a long time, but then to go into Clash of the Titans, and as he said, he kind of hasn't looked back since. I just can't get over how many people we speak to have such massive success of like a chance opportunity. Like it's always things that literally come a bit left field and they just take that moment and look where they end up. I mean, it's amazing, really. There does seem to be this theme, doesn't there, with actors that, and maybe this is a bit of advice here for aspiring actors, mm. that just hold on that bit longer because, like you say, he was about to quit, about to give up. But that final push, that the sending that letter, as simple as sending a letter, mm. and his whole world and everything that he's doing now filming in Colombia, everything is different for it yeah that final push just like breaks down that barrier and then look at the success that follows but you know we got we got the bond question in we, we did get it in we now. did drop it in he seemed to know a lot about the secretive process for a guy who claims to not know about the secretive he process didn't deny it. he didn't, he deny, didn't it. deny it and that isn't because when we weren't recording he gave us more information what you heard is what we heard too but i think we're we're ready for a Welsh bond, you know. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. And what was interesting, actually, all of, I mean, by virtue of being in Colombia and the project that he's filming, you've got a real insight into an actor's life, particularly at the top level. You know, mm. it talks about the fitness, the dedication there, immersing yourself in local culture. And he even mentioned it himself, being away from family. Yeah, it must be really difficult because obviously the more projects that come in, they're brilliant for your success, they're brilliant mm. for your career. But as he said, he's been all over the world. So at the same time, you're away from the people that you love and you care about, and particularly the last 18 months where those people haven't been able to travel to you, yeah, it's been even more challenging. And we did say, and I was a little bit worried about it, the pronunciations of, of uh, where he was, or where he has been, and in, in Wales. I, did I, I think I did okay. It was... I'd, yeah, I'd give you like a couple of points for the pronunciation. Oh, you did quite you. well there. Yeah. I'd deduct those points. Why? Because then you were like, ooh, I was looking at your topless shots on the gram and I was like, oh, I we're talking about the like moth and what? I just <laughs> thought, have things spiralled here? At what point did I go, ooh, I've been looking at the topless shots? <laughs> That's exactly how I remember it. Well, a big thank you to Luke On that Evans. note. <laughs> yeah. A big thank you to Luke. That was a, that was a great chat. I really, he was brilliant. really enjoyed it. He was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and you can actually see his first film, Clash of the Titans, on now from the 29th of November. 
So you can get watching some of Luke Evans. We're going to get booking our tickets to Ibiza to party with Luke Evans himself. Watch this space and we will see you next week. Oh, 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 oh.